beyond the neutral zone. <laughs> A not so much the neutral zone podcast bonus. Bonus. Bonus about Star Trek Beyond. Mm. Uh, I'm joined by Ari and Kim, and we've had a couple of days distance from having yeah. watched Star Trek Beyond, uh, penned by Simon Pegg, Doug Young, directed by Simon Lin, my only Justin person. Lin. Justin Lin, sorry. Simon's all the way down. I'm going to throw it over to Kim. What did you think after a couple days distance? It was okay. Sorry, it was okay. That yeah, was pretty good. I liked it. That is not as enthusiastic as it should be. Kim, would you like to try again? No, I, it was pretty good. I liked it. It was good. Okay, I'm going to throw it back to me then. It was fucking awesome. Ari, would you like to weigh in? Are you going to yell at me like you did at Kim? Probably, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. It, it was pretty much a good Star Trek movie. I, I enjoyed it. The thing is, Green, okay is actually incredibly high praise for this particular version of the franchise. Do you remember how upset both me and Kim were over the fucking disaster area that was Into Darkness? We were yelling at each other in the movie theater. Yeah. Was the movie over? Or no, we no, just, we were, no. We were whisper shouting. It was the middle of the movie theater, and we were turning to each other, and we were whisper shouting at each is other. Going on? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. The, the, so we went into Beyond, and I'm holding my hand up in the air, like about you know about above my head. So imagine this is as good as the movie can be. Uh huh. We were like down here on the floor, maybe inside the carpet. Yeah. Okay. You know where in Honey I Shrunk the Kids they see all the. The, the dust mites, this was like solidly in the middle for me. What do you mean solidly in shoulder the middle? Shoulder height. Yeah, shoulder height. What the hell, guys? I what really more did it. you want? I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I will happily see it again. Oh, yeah. I would definitely go see it again. I'm, I've got vacation next week and I'm actually considering yeah. going to see it again. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I'm just still residually really upset about the two movies that preceded it. There was... For me, the story was not... Like it was a, it was fine. It was there. It, it was Star Trek. Yeah, it was genuinely it, Star Trek. But it wasn't. It wasn't. I saw every twist and turn that was coming. It wasn't. It, it wasn't anything like that. I wasn't expecting, and that it also had one of my biggest pet peeves of all time in science fiction slash action movies to start off the whole thing. So I was just kind of like, eh, which was overwhelming force to start with. Yeah, but. That's how storytelling works. I didn't like. I don't like it when the force that comes at you is so unbelievably overwhelming that you're completely destroyed to begin with. The whole destruction of the Enterprise, I did not enjoy. I didn't like the Enterprise being basically ripped to pieces. At, at the, 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 I didn't like that part. I don't like when the for, when the, the opposition is so dramatically overpowering that you can't you have to basically struggle up from the bottom and like miraculously claw your way and it's like this big uh, yeah that that was my big thing with the whole film and that's that's why it's like it's good and it's fine but that's just one of my pet peeves that I don't like I didn't hate any of this movie which Mm -hmm. is a huge step up from the previous two movies mostly because J.J. Abrams was not directing it or writing it so, good job, franchise. I liked this one. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. But I have to claw my way up from a negative. I, we, were in, we were in the red here. We're just back. We're in the black again. I don't know how far into the black. I have to see it a few more times. Yeah. But, you Kim, know. Kim, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. I absolutely hear what you're saying. But in terms of what they wanted to accomplish 
storytelling wise and I think franchise wise because any goodwill that they built up with the first movie so they rebooted everything they threw mm-hmm. out all the canon the new timeline it. it's a completely new timeline I think people were willing to go along with that yeah, sure the overall overwhelming opinion I, at least for me and yeah. I think from all of us was like fine yeah you just keep repeating to yourself it's an alternate universe it's an alternate universe yeah but then yeah it was like fine and then Star Trek Into Darkness Ugh. destroyed everything. Yep. Absolutely everything. Everything. Unmitigated garbage. It was... I remember sitting in the movie theater, and I didn't watch it with you two guys, being so excited. I'm seeing a new Star Trek movie. Cannot believe it. So excited. And the exact moment where I looked at the screen, crossed my arms, and went, Oh my god, this is shit. Curious. What yes. point was that? I'm wondering if it was the same point that me and Kim slumped down in our seats and crossed our arms. I can't remember, but I think it had something to do with the stupid general. I think... I was mad about that from the very beginning, but I don't think it's where I went all There's a moment where I just... I, 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 I only saw it once. Yeah, uh, this is the same with us. I've only seen it once. And now so that I want to see it again. Now that I've seen Beyond, I kind of like... I want to go back and watch Into Darkness again. Plus, if we watch it at home, we can shout. Yeah. That's like, true. for real. Yeah. And I can get true. drunk first. I loved, and again, like, I think that's what they had to do, is that they had to let the Enterprise go, let that kind of crash and burn, and build up the crew and the camaraderie and the story and the essentialism of what is Star Trek all over again. I liked that. I liked that they were very into the crew as family thing, which is something I love in, well, anything. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is why my favorite thing in fiction. Um but my thing with the Enterprise crashing is that at one point, I think it was you, I leaned over and I went, are you feeling very been there, done that about this yeah, sequence? Yeah, exactly. It, it was it was Generations. It was exactly like the sequence in Generations with better CG. Yeah. It and was. That, and, Except it was more affecting in Generations because it was the first time we'd seen it happen. Now we know that, you know, Enterprise is there, done, it doesn't. There's plenty of letters in the alphabet, direct quote. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing for me that I'm not sure that I liked was that... The first, the first thing you know about your enemy is they are so powerful they can destroy a starship and they have completely annihilated everything that's holding us together and we have to claw and like and it's the, having to claw your way back from that and find some way to defeat this force that is so powerful. Well, I didn't mind that so much, especially since they immediately started giving us clues to the fact that they weren't really all powerful. They just had a really cool toy. Um, and I quite like the, I have to find my crew, we have to find each other, it's important that we be together part, because that's just more of the found family thing, the family of choice thing, which, again, uh, I'm my com- favorite thing. I'm completely fine with all of that. I loved all of the mm-hmm. team building. You don't like I them loved... being at the bottom. Yeah, I don't like the, and it wasn't even just them, like, having lost, like, whatever, you can break a ship down, you can have an enemy that's stronger than you. her crew. It's the, just the fact that it was so overwhelming. And it was a lot of, like, like it was a lot. I mean, if they had destroyed the ship and we had got, a sh- like, a shot of it hanging in space with, like, one nacelle half lit, and they had yeah. to, oh, they had to salvage what they could of the ship and build it back up and bring the crew together. I know together where it was it. for me. It was when the nacelles fell off. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, I see we're going the overkill route with this. I, okay. I hear what you're saying, Kim, yeah. and yeah. I, I absolutely respect your opinion on that. I disagree with you. Yeah. I'm okay with it. We now welcome our roommate Amy to the podcast. Welcome, Amy. Yes. So, feelings <laughs> about the new Star Trek movie? I really liked it. I was geared out like I'm the target audience. 
I love space and Star Trek movies, and I love the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I could not have been happier when they said Justin Lin was doing it, and the trailer was set to sabotage by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> that actually made me really nervous, but I'm glad it turned no, out okay. No, he is a great director for this franchise, and I will give you my argument. I know fa- I said it turned out no, fine. No, I don't care. I'm still arguing with you. The Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies, Amy, I think you will agree, are all about family. They're all about family, and you can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona. <laughs> <laughs> and technically it's about familia. Ma- mi familia. Mi familia. Is Vin Diesel Italian? No. No? I'm going to look it up. Okay, good. <laughs> well, you're on that. Anyways, so the Fast and the Furious movies are all about fun, but they're mostly at their core about a group of people who love each other so hard. Mm-hmm. They come from different places, some from Tokyo Drift. Some from, <laughs> I think, L.A., some from the street. They're all from the streets. The streets. Sure. Doesn't matter what street it is. Doesn't matter what town it is. Probably not a town. It's probably a city because that's just how they roll. No matter what city you're from. Like, as long as you love cars and you love driving them very, very stupidly, <laughs> you have a part in that family. And so, I feel like Justin Lin was the natural successor to J.J. <laughs> because, really, Star Trek is all about found family. Mm-hmm. What people like is that it is that familial relationship but also because it is a bunch of co-workers each who are very good at their job, each who are getting along, striving yep. towards a common goal. On some points I absolutely agree with you. On others I have no feelings whatsoever but about the fact that one of the things missing the only thing more blatantly missing from the first two movies than the fact that J.J. Abrams didn't give a crap about Star Trek, and when he gave a crap about it at all, it was to say snotty things about how boring space diplomacy was and how all that crap just wasn't for him, was the fact that there was no evidence that any of these characters, A, knew, or B, gave a crap about each other at any stage. Uh, Amy is Vin Diesel Italian. He's never met his biological father, (laughs) but his mother is English, German, and Scottish. So... He's a mystery. Maybe? No. (laughs) He's pretty sure he's like... Yeah, no. 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 But he does it so well. Me familiar. Me familiar. I know. Me familiar. You can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona. <laughs> That's amazing. My Vin, Vin Diesel could use some work. <laughs> no, question. Why hasn't Vin Diesel been in Star Trek yet? Star Trek doesn't have a lot of cameos. No. No. Not really. It's not really something they've ever done. Needs unless more it's Vin from, Diesel. Unless it's from previous Star Trek Everything actors needs and more characters. Diesel. Fact. And Tri- the, the new Triple X movie? Like, we're gonna go see that, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, opening night. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're there. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Glad we got that. That's what we yeah. came for. Um, to go back to Ari's point about how nobody in the first two movies seemed like they knew each other. Like, okay, I mean, yeah. when we Except when they were artificially manufacturing. Yeah, but like, when we start anyways. this like half of the cast has been at the academy together but they then they add on a whole bunch of new people and sexy new people sexy new people and then but Kirk and Spock don't like each other in the first movie and in the second movie it ends with the whole ridiculousness of an unearned emotional moment. Yes. And I'm still in like so angry. in this one I still feel like Kirk and Spock are talking about like oh I can't tell him about my Emotional, big emotional decision, life changing decision that I'm going to make, but I still don't feel like they have actually. Do you know the emotional connection? But hang on a second. But Mm. this, this, I think this movie did a really good job at building up the relationship between Spock and Bones. Oh yeah, Mm. and putting them together in a situation where 
they had to work together, but they're doing it in such a curmudgeonly snarky way yeah. that they, you can't help but love them and you can't help but see how much they like each other. That whole, I can't tell him I'm leaving the ship, I can't tell him I'm going back to Vulcan thing, that reminded me of the end of DS9 where, uh, O'Brien, Miles didn't want to tell. Don't spoil me! Don't tell you. Okay, okay fine. Well, that's what I'm, can you Back to what you were saying, it shows how much they like each other. I wouldn't say it shows how much they like each other. I would show how much, or I would say it shows how much they love each other in a family way, where yeah, you don't exactly. always like each other. I don't necessarily yeah, like you, but, but I know you'll, I'm stuck with you forever. I don't know. Pull a sh- shrapnel out of you and save your <laughs> life, because you have to take him back. He's your brother. Yeah. <laughs> in a familia kind of way. Yeah, they, we talked about that, I think, coming out, is that this movie was very good. Like, it convincingly conveyed relationships and affection and grudging affection and yeah a very familial kind of Mm -hmm. love where it's like i really can't stand you most of the time but i love you um and it was show don't tell like they didn't have to tell the damn stories about whatever had happened in the hearing who cares we never saw but what going back to kim's wife okay (laughs) the part about kirk and spock and spock not sharing his like i have to go and have babies like right now i have to like (laughs) spread my seed into every available womb vulcan Vulcan wombs? Oh, yeah, Specifically sorry, Vulcan. Vulcan wombs. I actually liked that. Yes. Because it shows that weird level professional relationship that Kirk and Spock always had. Yeah. Like, yes, I respect you and you're the human that I like the best, but you're also my superior and we are in a work relationship. I feel like Spock has really good boundaries. It actually also tracked more with the, their relationship at roughly this point in the original universe in that they didn't have that very sort of much more loose and comfortable relationship until years and years later. When he was wearing a bathrobe through the streets of San Francisco. Among other times, yes. Yes. I've seen none of the original series, and that's what what I'm here for. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen any episodes? One. Mirror, mirror. Oh, that's a good one, though. It's a very good one. We could just pick the ones that are actually entire series. No, I'm more interested in the bathrobe phenomena. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? The movies are a lot better than the series. Oh, I've seen First Contact. No, the original series movies. I have no idea what the difference is. I can't tell which is which. Fair. (laughs) Okay. Back again to the point about emotional relationships. Is the only one that I was dissatisfied with in this film, and it's the same one I've been dissatisfied with through all the other two films was. Spock and Ahura. Did we feel like she had enough to do? I don't think she had enough to do, but... <laughs> she never has. <laughs> she never has. But my point here specifically is that we know, like, in the first movie, it's sort of, like, revealed that they're in a relationship and it was a secret. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the hell happened in the second episode, but I don't feel like at any point we got to understand what they each... Get. Like, we know probably why they like each other because we know why we like the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but why are they having don't. sex with each other? Yeah, exactly. That's my question. Is that's one thing that was never delved into at all and it's never really explored is why do they like each other? Just, what do they each get out of this relationship they have with each other? And we know it's not just like the banging. They're in like an emotional relationship. Kareem, question. How big do you think Spock's penis is? No. 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 Honestly, well, my question was more like when you were talking about spreading his seed, if his Ugh. blood is green, then 
But I've been told I shouldn't ask questions (laughs) like this, just in general, not specifically here. I don't know that you particularly want blood inside of the semen. (laughs) No, but I'm just saying, if one thing's a different color as the other thing... Entirely possible. (laughs) Entirely possible within the bounds of physiology. This is my nightmare. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) But... I don't yeah, know. Not definitively established within canon. No. Only the blood is definitively established. But, Kim, I agree that is the only relationship that fell super flat for me in this episode. I think it's because movie. it's presented to us as sort of fait accompli really early on. What does she see in him? Oh, I never, know that Kim Kim would climb Spock and for miles. And we never ever <laughs> actually see them doing normal... <laughs> Well, we never actually see them doing normal relationship things. We only ever see them when they're in crisis because of something. Yes. Because that's only when the movies happen. Yeah. But yeah. no, like, we never ever see them, not even, like, fleeting moments of, like, okay, we're in a relationship right now. We only get to see them when the relationship is in crisis. And that is just not how any kind of relationship works. Because that's when the movies happen, when things that's happen no in excuse. crisis. That's the point of a movie. Anyways, going back to Amy, who had her hand up politely. Would we also say that it's a relationship that just doesn't seem good because Zachary Quinto and Zoe Saldana have no chemistry oh, in that yeah. way? They have negative chemistry. Like, they yes. would be really good best friends, yeah. They go shopping together and don't bone on the side. I would argue that she would make a really good financial consultant and or real estate agent for Zachary Quinto. <laughs> oh, I would not say either of those jobs, but like other jobs for sure. It seems like a professional acquaintance. Yeah. And that's that's part of the problem is that we don't understand what their, the heat? what's what are their feelings for each other? How do they develop so to speak? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that for me was pretty much the only relationship thing or arc in the story that really Why does he flat. like her? Why does she like him? Exactly. In fairness, they are both really good looking. They are very attractive. But that but would only I mean, sway her, not him. So are we, Amy. So are we. And yet No, they they're in a relationship. I have a because... toxic personality. <laughs> They're in a relationship because J.J. Abrams decided they were in a relationship. That is all. And because one of the male leads needed to have a girlfriend. That is why. And it clearly wasn't gonna be Kirk. No. <laughs> no, Kirk had to be free to be, you know... The... Kirk has banged no... No, no one. No, no Marcus. That's actually one of the Christine things... Christine Chapel. Has he? Off screen. Carol oh. Marcus made a comment on it. Have we ever seen... So gross. We're not so many levels that I no, can't even really approach it. We're not there yet. But yeah, so um yeah, so that was the only thing like um and so, okay, let's talk about Corinne's other thing. Did Uhura have enough to do in this film? Part of me wants to argue that she did. She actually used her linguistical skills and her super sensitive ears, which I feel like has plays into the, their sex life at some point. Ew. That she recognized Idris Elba's voice. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that was kind of interesting and also I'd like to point out that she had the most dialogue like the yeah, back and forth did. dialogue between her and what was the villain's John name no crawl 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 john cho was there to be like heroic and dashing mm-hmm. and stupidly handsome he's perfect <laughs> very much so but uh His family was adorable but ahura we'll get to that mm-hmm. ahura had actually the most back and forth she dialogue she was actually presenting the thesis statement of the entire yeah. movie that friendship Repeatedly. is goddamn magic <laughs> And yeah. then wouldn't it be better if we all just she was stayed just in like the EU? Hammering it, hammering that message all the way through the film. She actually did most of the lifting. Lifting. Like she did all yeah, almost all of the narrative lifting was done by conversations initiated or carried out by Uhura. Mm-hmm. Plus, I really fucking just loved the scene where she introduced herself. It was amazing. I also really like the scene where um Jill 
Jayla? Jayla. Jayla was trying to have an explanation and the men kept interrupting her and Ahura yells at them, just let her speak. Yeah. (laughs) That was very good. Amy, what are your thoughts? Did she have enough to do? Okay, here's the problem is that I went into the movie not realizing that I was going to show up and have to talk about it (laughs) or show up and volunteer to give my thoughts and opinions. So I probably not, but I also don't remember. (laughs) That's fair. I feel like actually she had a lot to do. And that's the other thing that Justin Lin does really well and Simon Pegg within the script itself. He gives every single character a moment to have their badass hero moment. Everyone had one from Chekhov. Even poor little what's-her-face I can't remember with the the head hands. Creepy head hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was uncomfortable. That's another thing I really liked about this is that we got, I really, really enjoy sort of crowd scenes with starship crews because they're such goobers. Like they're all. What do you mean by that? They're sort of all milling around, and they're all just so harmless and have no idea what to do in this situation. So they're just sort of like looking politely at each other and bumping elbows. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, I don't know, but we should definitely remain calm and think about unity or whatever they were doing. (laughs) But it's like you see them in large groups, and it's like, oh, the Federation—they're so nice and have such good intentions. They're really, really not good in a crisis sometimes. Easily destroyed. There's not a yeah. Slytherin amongst no, it them. it reminded me of this. Oh, this... Kate. Kate, Kate, is Kirk a Slytherin? Amy, I'm throwing it straight over to you as our guest. Slash yeah, no, he, I would say he... Or is he a Gryffindor? Because when he's he... sort of on the line between yeah, the two. Yeah, he might be... A, a slither, a slither door. Is that what it is? Because I would say that he does things, like he does the brave things and the things that are right, but he does them to get ahead for oh. himself. Kim, our resident Slytherin, would you and Ari? Because our- like I will oh buy god, all. We these. have all the four houses. Oh my god, we do. Hey! No, we don't. Amy's what do you no, no, Amy's a Gryffindor. Amy's a Gryffindor. Come yeah. On. yeah. Oh, okay. Did you, you think I was a Hufflepuff? I'm sure Slytherin. What's your What's your secondary? Uh, Hufflepuff. Okay, well, we have a half. Yeah. Of, we have half of a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Hufflepuff. I have no secondary. Just full on Slytherin. Do you think the carcass is a Slytherin? Uh, I'd have to think about this more. Very I don't. Well. Th- my initial reaction would be no to put him in Gryffindor. Um, I think he would have had the same moment with the Sorting Hat that Harry Potter had. Fair. What do we think of Jayla throwing it back over to Amy, our guest? Oh, as um, what her Hogwarts house is. Or as a character. Oh, I enjoyed her. Because she honestly, like, I don't know if you've covered this at all, was based on Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. yes. Yeah. No, we hadn't, but thank you. one of my favorite people just that exist and speak in public and have been told they shouldn't. She was But continue times. to do it. Um, and they kind of just gave up on trying to find a name and just called her J-Law. Yes. Um but spelled it with more letters to, you know, lawsuits or whatever. <laughs> I really liked her, and they, they, what I was reading Simon Pegg talking about, like, creating her, they wanted to create someone who was self-sufficient and could do everything by herself and was confident and didn't need the men to save her and, like, Wore techni- pants! Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, first female speaking part in Star Trek where she doesn't appear in a broad panties. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we have two female speaking parts. Three. Three, if you count Admiral What's-Her-Face. Paris! Admiral Paris! We're getting to that. I knew it was important. I also liked Jayla. I really liked her a lot. I thought she was fantastic as a character. Um, My one complaint about her 
was um, appearance-based, and that was for a teenage girl who was living alone by herself on a planet where she is she desperate a to survive. Yes. She was extremely clean and had very good hair. Like, it was very smooth she and very it was good perfectly hair. styled. And I felt it like it didn't fit the aesthetic of the planet Maybe where her everything species was pretty frizz. dirty. I hear what you're saying. I'm also going to slightly agree with Ari <laughs> in that maybe her her, her species is like blessed with perfect hair. Yeah, it's maybe. just how it grows out. Yeah, it was just the one thing about her character that that bothered me is that she was still like I'm putting quote marks around this sexy. I did not honestly. I did not notice any particular like ambient uh, sure but not any not any particular effort on anybody's part to make her look. Sexy. She was in tight clothes that were form fitting, and she was like perfectly quaffed and uh, she was just such a typical her look was very exactly what I would expect from an action movie Eh, I hear it Kim I again respectfully disagree because that's (laughs) what I'm doing in this podcast I'm giving you respect for your opinions and then disregarding (laughs) them thank you for respecting my opinions and not just screaming you're wrong like you normally do (laughs) yeah she does (laughs) I want to note though about about Jayla about how they wanted a character who was self-sufficient but a huge part of her arc is very, very Star Trek in that, yes, she can do everything that she everything that she needs to do on her own. She doesn't need anybody. She can survive, but she can't thrive. Yeah. yeah. And that... She also can't escape. And there's, yeah. there's, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with accepting help and that people are stronger together. And the thing that I really liked about her character is that she had to take an, a massive leap mm-hmm. and throw all of her trust into these people that she had just met who were idiots and like there was a possibility it got to the point where she was fighting with the guy and he was like they're not going to come back for you they're going to leave you behind Mm -hmm. and it looked like that's exactly what was happening from her point like we knew she was not going to get left behind no because it's kirk on a motorcycle from her point of view from her point of view she's been sent in as the distraction so that all the people that he knows can get out and then she sees nobody and she's up there by herself fighting yeah so i really like that for her it was this she had to take this like massive leap and put her trust in these people yeah yeah as uh high school musical says we're all in this together we are mm-hmm. uh what do we think about yorktown dubai was really nice <laughs> i like to call it the inception village i have some really mixed feelings on the one hand it was really goddamn pretty and the part of me that used to really like no, I said on the one hand, let me get okay, to the other hand. On the one hand, like the part of me that used to really like pulling out all my dad's analogs and like looking at the covers and like gasping in childish delight over how pretty the future was was clearly ridiculous. On the other hand, it was clearly ridiculous. Like, why would you build something like that? Why wouldn't you Because just... it looks pretty. It does look pretty, okay. but that seems to be the only reason it was built. Yeah. Like, why not a Dyson Sphere? Why not a space station? Green. Why not an asteroid? Strong question that I had immediately after we yeah. watched the movie. Why would you build your flagship amazing outpost colonial city right next to the nebula, which has <laughs> never been explored? The unexplored death nebula. You don't know what's going to come out of it. You don't know what's in there. But shit, we should put millions of people just right Civilians. there. Civilians. Yeah. Largely undefending. Yeah. Um, I'm in the same boat as Ari, where I thought visually it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Emotionally. Yeah. Emotionally. Emotionally it was, really, it was yeah, beautiful. It was, it was yes. like really stunning to look at. I was, was very upset piece. when it started getting exploded. But from what we have also seen of like Federation technology and how the Federation operates, this is not what they would build if they were going to build a space station. They would build a giant floating, like, enclosed thing in space. It's boneheaded. It is yeah. very. Yes. So, and... I don't it's understand like, why they called it Yorktown. 
I, it's a colony. It's an um, American colony. No, I do get why they, they call it. They could have called Town. it Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, Hashtag that relevant. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, what did yeah. you think of Yorktown? It was really beautiful. Yeah. I, as someone who would really just like be totally up for going to Mars and living there, I would go to Yorktown and live there. Yorktown would probably be a lot more comfortable. Yeah, I'm absolutely. They have internet there, I think. Yeah. Kareen. Why on earth would you live on Mars? I have no real attachments to this world, and it would be <laughs> you so You pay cool. rent here! <laughs> I would let Pippa and Kim take my room <laughs> I think to Pi- go to Mars. I think Pippa and I wanted to move in downstairs. They don't want to share my bedroom while I'm in Mars. <laughs> That's... Very small. How cool would it be to go and live on Mars? I'm Only very, like I'm really old. No, I'm, I'm very never much coming the, back for sure. What? But I'm very much in the Bones camp. The space is awful. And only if they they have the internet. I am the Captain Kirk of, <laughs> yeah, fuck it all. Let's just get on. Can I swear here? Yeah, yeah totally. Perfect. I just don't know <laughs> it's okay. what happened. We're an explicit podcast. We're an explicit podcast. Yeah, explicit podcast. Yes. Ooh, yeah. fair. Yeah. That's why we can talk about, you know, the penis size and everything. <laughs> okay, to cut you off and to change topics, fair. and speaking of what Amy was talking about, about Kirk's enthusiasm, enthusiasm for space. Oh, I think about that a lot. What did we think of the whole Kirk, I'm going to quit Board. because I'm really tired of being a starship captain? Okay, Board. here's the thing. If you know that you are in a movie... You should not ever say things like, shit, I'm really bored. I wish something really interesting and personally motivating would happen to me. You'd think he'd learn by now. Like, uh, really. I thought, especially since everything we, we know about Kirk from the original series that like, and that I have learned about Kirk from the original series as we're watching it, is that Kirk fucking loves his ship. And his crew. Yeah. And that is his defining characteristic, is he is a goddamn captain. It is part of his identity. And it is what Kareem talks about more than anything else, is Kirk's identity as a captain. It's my jam! But sometimes you love your space husband even more than your ship, and you need to go settle down on your farmhouse. He No, he doesn't want to settle down on his farmhouse. He's tired of... I don't even know the novelty of space. He was tired of being a captain and being stuck on a ship and seeing the same people every day and doing the same thing over and over again. I'm going to lean back away from the microphone and say, bullshit! (laughs) But they did have that scene where he did not have a shirt on and looked into his closet and he's like, oh, look, the same eight gold shirts that I wear every day. Confession time, I would love to have that. Problem Kareen would love to have. I would love to have Chris Pine shirtlessly looking into my closet as well. (laughs) It's the damn dream. Fair. But to not have to make any decisions about what I have to wear that day would be amazing. If you want me to make those decisions for you, I absolutely can. It's under consideration. But it felt very forced, that that particular subplot. But it's halfway through their mission, right? Yeah. It's halfway. I get that. Like, he needs to get over that hump in order to be able to kind of... Um, regain his wonder for exploration. Oh, I'm out of wonder. Poor me. I know, right? I was like, you're in fucking space, you asshole! Yeah, and I mean, I, and I'm, I kind of appreciate that they got him back there by having him, like, have to rescue his entire crew. (laughs) Oh, right, I actually like these people. And that they're people that he cared about, but that's that's another reason why I was upset about the complete destruction of the Enterprise, is the Enterprise is such a part of Kirk's identity. That to destroy that thing out from under him and not have him not have him being able to save the Enterprise along with the crew. Kareem. I think that has 
again, to do with the way that he comes about the command of the ship versus the actual original series where he That's works true. his way up the he ranks. He actually earned it. And that is his, his end game is to be captain of the ship. Yeah. He, d- he doesn't Never care about planned any else. further. No, that is his absolute end goal. As opposed to in the reboot movies where he just kind of lands in it for reasons that don't make sense to me at all is that he just finds himself in command of an entire ship. It wasn't his goal. Yeah, and I guess they do talk about that in this movie where he was like, I joined Starfleet on a dare, as opposed mm-hmm. to like in original canon where he's gone in because he was inspired by his father type deal. You know what I mean? Because I guess that's the big thing that changes for Kirk in the yeah. ultimate universe is that that's his father That's the little dies. conversation that him and Bones has, is that he says, I joined on a dare, and Bones corrects him. He says, you joined to see if you could live up to your father. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started headcanoning this movie as Switch. I started in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I started like four years ago. This is their gay love story we've all been waiting for. <laughs> do we all live up to our fathers? That I absolutely do not. He wanted three children who were all tall and played basketball, and I absolutely do not do that. You are not. <laughs> On any count. <laughs> do we live up to our father's expectations? I don't. I guess. I guess in this. Particularly, do we live up to our mother's expectations? Well, I don't know so much of this expectations for Kirk that it's legacy. Because his, fa- his dad died. Yeah, but, yeah, his father, but he's like his, this huge hero. His dad is always going to be the captain who died saving his crew. But he wasn't the captain. He was like replacement captain for five minutes and then died. Yeah, but he still died saving he's, his crew. Yeah. He got, well, because what does Pike say in the first one? Your father yeah, yeah, died yeah. saving so this many, many people. people. Like while his son was being born in, over the yeah. intercom. In like, 19 minutes, he saved this many people. I dare you to do better. And he was like, look at me in my motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, it was joining for the legacy of his father. Yeah. Who is such a big hero that Kirk doesn't even like celebrating his birthday. I don't think that he necessarily doesn't want to separate se- celebrate his birthday because he was a hero. It's because it's tragic. I simply cannot separate this from Switch. The, especially I mean, this particular thing. Yeah. Sorry, this is let's going back to the part where I'm. Ha- I always have to remind myself this is an alternate timeline. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I'm in my own timeline. I still haven't seen any of the original series. It's God amazing. Damn you, Amy. This fresh-faced beauty. <laughs> it's because I was brought up being told I had to play basketball. <laughs> so really, we do live up. We to can the fix this. I could tell you so much about Space Jam. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> different podcast. <laughs> uh, so the next topic that I want to talk about is Admiral Paris and how awesome she was. Yes. She was delightful. I love the name throwback to Voyager. Yes. Yeah. I like that. And there were a lot of little tidbits for, sorry, Amy, the people who have watched original series. There were a bunch and a lot. There were lots of little movie. like tidbits little thrown in. Yes, um, for me, as a, the only person in the room who has watched Enterprise, oh, all the stuff about the, uh, the the crew of the Franklin and how um, like the captain used to be a Mako and the uniforms that they were wearing, which were very much in the style They're of the Enterprise, yeah. and that the Franklin was the first Warp 4 vessel, where the Enterprise is the first Warp 5 vessel. Mm-hmm. I really love that. Kareen, you can sit up now and okay, stop talking about you. Enterprise. Um, and I know, Kareen, you mentioned something about the, the name of the Franklin, and it, like, the registration number. Oh, wasn't it? No, the, oh, oh, that. About, yeah. the Franklin is the Franklin Expedition or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Yes, the Franklin Expedition in terms of they were looking for, if I'm not mistaken, like the Northwest pa- Northwest Passage. I think so, yeah. And they were lost and Lady Franklin had to go after them going, I'm pretty sure my husband wouldn't have dicked up this bad. <laughs> oh, he did. 
You've, but yeah. that, that it's a lost ship of yeah. exploration, that it was this giant tragedy. Mm-hmm. I had my only plot problem, because honestly, I didn't watch this movie for the plot. I'm no. not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what happens. I don't care if the villain's stupid. I don't care if the plot doesn't the make sense. The villain's just Elba. He can be as dumb as he wants, and I'm not yeah, going to care. I just don't care. I really just am there for the characterization. I don't care about internal consistency. I don't care about anything. Uh, the moment where they played Sabotage and everything blew up, I think we can all agree, was a glorious moment in cinema. It Amy? Was, honestly, it was, for me, on par with Kate McKinnon in Ghostbusters when she licks <laughs> the gun. It was, for me, it was like, it was like I'm like, oh, okay, fine, they're gonna defeat them with music. And then when the Yorktown joined in with, like, the, oh. whoa! Okay, that was amazing. It was so good! I in the midst of all that, of that song in were, high school. Oh! <laughs> I like that in the midst of all that, they still got into, they still managed to throw in a Starfleet as giant dorks by referring to it as classical music. Uh, can we all agree that we hate Greg Gundenberg or whatever? Greg oh, Gundenberg? Yeah, I hate him. Uh, we were all flipping off the screen every time he appeared. Because he's no best friends with J.J. Abrams? Yes. He doesn't get in on talent, he gets in on connections. Fuck yes, you. and he's been doing it since his first job with J.J. Abrams. He was such a doll on Alias. Does he work for anybody other than J.J. Abrams? No. Because no. he can't get work because he ain't got the talent. That's fine. I just get so sick of seeing him in everything. We should choreograph a dance so that if we ever see him in town, we're able to execute it flawlessly. <laughs> Anyways, going back to my I have only... a great idea for that dance. Okay, got it. It's going to be a lot of like... Which is not very effective as a podcast, so let me just save that for myself. My only problem with this entire movie was that they kept talking about the USS Franklin as he... Oh my god, he was such a hero. But then... At some point, they're like, well, there were, there were there were rumors that he had defected to the Romulans, which would definitely make him not a hero. I didn't catch that. I didn't hear that really? at all. What no. movie were you watching? I was closely <laughs> watching this movie. We're like, yeah, we don't know what happened to the USS Franklin. Like, some say it crashed an asteroid. Oh, this is like wild say rumors. that he defected to the Romulans. Yeah, but this was like in a long laundry list of like wild conspiracy theories so, coming sorry, up with random was, people. This was the only... This is the only problem for me, and apparently no one else. I don't think it was a real suggestion. I think it was, like, theories about Roswell or where people think Area 51 is. Well, fine. Apparently my only problem with this movie is over. Well, there you go. Excellent. So I think, I I want to notice about the Franklin, though, is that the registration number is Leonard Nimoy's birth date. (gasps) Mm Mm-hmm. That was really? confirmed, I think, yeah. yesterday yeah. the day before. Yeah. Oh, it was a couple days ago. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 That's really, really I know. sweet and sad. And Live yeah. long and prosper. Aww. Yeah. Um, so do we want to talk about... Um, Ambassador- Idris Elba? Yes. <laughs> I would say that Ambassador Spock passed away. Yeah. And regular Spock in this timeline was very upset He's about it. He's very fucked up about it. Which is, it's one of the things that precipitated his being like, oh, crap, I really need to go make Vulcan babies. Yeah. How weird would it be? Would you have any... Okay, Amy, because you're our guest. Speculative future. Old you shows up. (laughs) And she's like... Got stories to tell. No, she can't tell you anything. Oh, gosh. She's just like, hey, I'm here. I'm just here. I guess I don't have a mission because we already succeeded that in the first mission. Plus my universe no longer exists. Then I don't really exist in the second one, but I guess I'm here. Whatever. Anyways, not important. (laughs) And then I die. How do you feel? I would probably be, like, the about it because I, like, 
I plan on having a very awesome life, and I know that fake other universe, Amy, has probably had a very awesome life, and, like, in theory was probably doing intimate things with shirtless Chris Pine and or Idris Elba. We can only hope that <laughs> happened to alternate universe Amy. But, like, I don't... Yeah, it would be very weird seeing another version of... Yourself. Your clone self. Yeah. I've always had a problem with that, with clone selves and future selves and alternate universe selves. I don't think I would have any feelings towards them whatsoever. And maybe that's just that mm-hmm. I have, like, a cold carbonite heart. <laughs> You're not me. I you have nothing to do with me. I think I would be... I think it would be... I'd be into it and, like, interested in knowing about their life and that because it would be somebody who has made different choices in life than I have. But they're not you, Kim. They're yes, a no. stranger. Yes, but they have... Some of the will have shared past experiences, and what I'm interested in is where where have they changed from the decisions that they made that I didn't, and that's the part that I'd be interested in, and the, the part I'd be emotional about them because of the shared past that we had together. And if you also think about how like, because Ambassador Spock had his own Kirk, and so yes. Spock no like Spock has his Kirk, and he knows that somewhere out there in another alternate universe there is. Granted, they haven't seen Ambassador Spock because he jumped timelines or whatever. But you have to think, like, your family that you have here in another universe is just as sad because they have lost a version of you. Oh, God, who wants to tell her? What? They're all dead. Okay, well, fair, (laughs) but, like, now he gets to go be with them. He does make a lot of decisions based on what Spock... I don't know how universes work. He's in alternate universe heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, As geez. in the entire so universe be alone goes forever? to... Oh my god. Well, okay, here's the thing, though, is that I don't think most of Spock's, for lack of a better word, emotional confusion in this movie has anything to do with the fact that this is another version of him. It's a fact. It's due to the fact that another version of him broke his own universe, came and blew up his planet, and as a direct result, he has this sense of responsibility. It's not really about, like, an existential crisis or entropic cascade failure or whatever because there's another version of him in the universe now it's the fact that some in some really weird way he feels responsible for what the older version and of him there's did. one less vulcan and there's one less vulcan so it's and more tied up with like we are now a dying race than existential crisis because there's another person who looks and exactly like me but has different but life it is experiences him. because yeah. at the very end of the movie he takes out the picture he looks at the old crew everyone looking like super sexy in their 60s and that's what helps him makes his makes his decision is that he bases his decision Mm -hmm. on the decision of alternate universe Spock, not on his own personal experience, but the decisions that his older self made. I read that sort of more like you are not responsible for what that Spock did. Spock himself did not destroy Vulcan, Ari. No, but he himself like basically opens with, so this was kind of my fault. I'm at least partially responsible for this. No, I'm not saying it's accurate, but he believed it was true. And younger Spock clearly held felt some sense of responsibility for it, too. He feels responsible for what old Spock has caused to happen or allowed to happen. And I think that that's more where that comes from. And him looking at the picture and going, okay, but old Spock didn't live entirely for out of responsibility for Vulcan. He had his own life, and that was incredibly fulfilling, and that's why, why he makes that decision. I am going to disrespectfully disagree with you. <laughs> hey, how can she get respect? Because I don't agree with anything that's coming out of your mouth. <laughs> well, I don't care what you think. That's I have another question. Yeah, sorry. How adorable was Sulu's family? 
So precious. So precious. So the fact that he pe- keeps a little picture of her on yeah. his console, just like truck drivers keep the picture of their children on their trucks, I assume. Yep. <laughs> I've never driven truck. Yep. Amy? Sure. Huh? I have also never <laughs> driven truck. <laughs> it's more of a lifestyle than an actual, like... But as someone who supports the lifestyle... <laughs> <laughs> it was ever so cute, and I loved it. I loved just and... how offhand it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and yeah. They, they did film a scene where yeah, I read Sulu that. and Sulu's husband kiss when they show up at Yorktown. Mm-hmm. And they and they kind of talked it back and forth and they did film it and then they, they decided, well, you know, when I see my significant other, I don't like embrace them passionately on the yeah. on the pier. Like we I kiss the kid, I hug the kid, and then we walk off together. Like, yeah. That's what a normal Their wedding band's probably on display. Yeah, and, and I, I liked really that liked that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought, no matter what George Takei says, yeah. I thought the whole thing was very sweet. It was. it was sweet. It was very well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that it gave emotional resonance to everything that was happening in Yorktown. Because quite frankly, I could give a toss as to what happened to everyone else. But God fucking damn, the t- yeah, who's better make it through that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also love that story about the guy who ended up playing Sulu's husband. Oh my yeah. gosh. That he wasn't sure he was good looking enough to be convincingly portrayed. That was the script writer. That was yeah. the script writer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that I was, was actually just reading that one of the things when they. So they had cast someone and they were in Dubai, Dubai and the guy dropped out last minute. But one of the things that John Cho had said to Justin Lin when they were in the process of casting, he's like, it'd be really important for me to have an Asian American husband just because he feels that a lot of. There's a lot more shame in Asian American gay culture than there is in other things. And he's like, it's really important for me to portray that and that's what I want. And so that was why they had so much difficulty finding um, an extra background or someone to play that part in Dubai, which is why they went to Doug Jung, who wrote the role, and were like, hey, this is for you. And he was like, uh, they were like, yeah, you're doing it. No one can see the finger guns that I'm doing. I just really, I think super, they're audible. I just amazing. really hope this leads to like movie number four. By the way, you now have like a lot of dialogue, <laughs> and you moved onto the ship, and maybe you're an officer now. You're trapped forever. Congratulations! Yeah. Welcome to Star Trek. <laughs> and that's why I would literally watch that web series. If you know just, what? Like, I was Sulu's home life. Now, yes, yeah. that I would definitely watch. However, assuming it is not just that, here's what I think should be our last question because we're at like 46 minutes, and it's really late. And that is, do we think and do we want them to make another movie? They're already making another movie. Are they for sure? Yeah, argument done. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Argument done. Is that actually confirmed? Yes. There's there's no details. There's not even a time when it's going to be released. But basically everything is said, they're going to do a fourth. Yeah. So what we usually do at the end of an episode, Amy, is we do a life lesson. So things that we learned from that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to let you think. I'm going to go straight over to Kim. And Kim, what is your life lesson from Star Trek Beyond? (sighs) My life lesson is don't build your new super base next to the Mysterious (laughs) Nebula. I'm sorry. It's a great lesson. Anything that has in its descriptor as an adjective as mysterious... (laughs) You should not you don't build want it in your backyard. Next to, and you should not move there. Who the fuck is moving Admiral there? Paris, like before they go in, they're like, you're probably going to lose communications. We don't know what's in there. Awesome. Have fun. Like, why would you put your base there? Also, we should probably give a shout out to Ombre Ears, the alien who is like, oh, there was no, some amazing my... prosthesis that was in this so movie. Yeah, so amazing. Her yes. nose made me so angry. I just wanted to snap it right off her face. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, Ari, your life lesson. Oh, uh, Mm. I'm sort of torn between two, so you should go next. 
No, let's hear both of them. Well, they're really corny. One is, uh, we're stronger together. We're all it's very this together. I did that dress so that you had in for know. that. I mean, that's we're repeated very often. In the something we shine. If you want me to sing it, lyric accurate, I will. Um, What's your second life lesson? Yeah. My second life lesson is that in the most essential ways, and, and I'm going to get to it, in the most essential ways, this movie was much more, well, like five thousand percent more star trek than the previous two films because it knew what its messages were and it was very very clear about them and the other message was that in fact the villain and kirk and the villain and uhura have this argument repeatedly in the movie and it's like is it like is it better to to stick with things that you understand that make you feel strong or is it better to like change and risk so that you can survive and thrive and i think the movie came very strongly down on the side of People, human beings need to grow and change and improve. And Brexit was a mistake. Amy, yeah. your life lesson. <laughs> Wait, you're com- do you go last all the time? I'm still No, like- she doesn't. Crane, come on. She's the guest. Oh, sorry. Panicking <laughs> and trying to figure out. Okay, I was not we'll prepared to make a seconds. life lesson. That's true. It's very It's going to be so bad. Uh, mine is that John Cho is a goddamn movie star who should definitely be an action I feel so much better film. about my life lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I should have gone last. It is. Uh, John Cho was delightful. Uh, also that... I didn't learn anything from this movie. Really? You didn't even learn that if you're on a mysterious derelict ship and you see video of the crew, they're definitely the bad guys? Derelict ass- ship or derelict ship? <laughs> <laughs> I assume they were evil as soon as they had disappeared. They're called the Franklin. <laughs> yeah. The Franklin. And as everyone knows, the actual Franklin expedition became okay. zombies. Um, in- my life Agreed. lesson that I learned from this movie is that they should do the entire fourth movie where they get to wear civvies because Carl Urban in a leather mm. jacket... I have a headcanon about that. ...is... A really awesome thing that we got to have. It I was, was a, I was, grateful. it was a gift. I was also grateful for the instant headcanon that they both rode in together on the same motorcycle. Absolutely. Who rides mm-hmm. front? Who rides back? Kirk can you imagine Kirk friends. allowing anyone else to drive his motorbike? Yeah, I Kirk can imagine him allowing friends. Bones to drive his motorbike. Ooh, okay, actually, that's a fair point. I know. All right, now yeah, and it turns him on a lot. <laughs> and in our episode, all together now. We're all in this really together. I can't remember Pan the Everyone is fired. Wildcats sing along. What team? Wildcats! Very appropriate. <laughs>